Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I will be damned if the same politicians who refuse to act then are going to try to come back today. The real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in the principles and the goals that you're striving for. When the powerful use their position to bully others, we all lose. A system of justice will be the richer for diversity of background and experience. She's a woman. And correction. Hello, everybody. It's me, Miss Cracker. I'm here with my co-pilot... Caitlin, and it's time for She's a Woman. It's a podcast for every human being who looks into the mirror and says, She's a woman! And for the people who love them. Every week, we talk to incredible women of all kinds from all walks of life, whether we have a head cold or it's storming or we're depressed, it doesn't matter, we still do it. And we invite them to share their stories with you our incredible listeners. And that's exactly what we're going to do today, Grace. I just yawned. I <laughs> you just yawned and here we are enjoying life. <laughs> Caitlin, we just went through the craziest storm we did. imaginable. You just sent me a tweet. Can you tell me what's going on in that tweet? Well, here in New York, like a bunch of our subway stations are flooded to shenanigans. To shenanigans, Caitlin. And there's these crazy videos of people just wading their way through the the water to take the train. That's crazy. I mean, I guess I'm lucky that I can just sit at home during it. Right. Some people are like, I can't take an Uber. uh, I have to go to work. So here I go to work with wet pants. It's crazy. We were going to have a dinner with Stella Artois last night. But yeah. it was canceled by the storm because it's outdoors. Yeah, and we got that email in the morning, and I was like, what is Storm Elsa? What are they even talking about? Because it was a nice, sunny day and at then, that time. <laughs> and then uh, around like 2 p.m., it, it started happening. It was very loud thunder. Yeah. It very. It felt like the lightning was right outside my window. It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> yeah, at 2 in the afternoon <laughs> or whatever. Anyway, I want to dive right into our serious groundbreaking interview, but first... I have a little treat for you. Every week, we do a little segment called Here's the Good News, 
where we share positive stories torn from the headlines. The idea is that they'll bring you, our listeners, a little hope during these difficult times. And this week, our news is all about bounty. Now, this story is from you, Caitlin. But I'm going to start by saying, when I was a kid, I used to work as a bag boy at a major grocery store on the West Coast, the QFC, Quality Food Center, for all our Washington listeners. And I remember that I was always struck by how much food went into the garbage. If there were packages that were damaged or had labels that had slipped off, even if the food was still good, it would go right into the trash. And as I recall, you couldn't even take it home with you as an employee. You just had to let it go. And I remember thinking how crazy that was because there are so many families that don't have enough to eat, mine being one of them. Well, that's changing, at least here in New York. So, okay, here's the good news. According to nycfoodpolicy.org, starting this summer, supermarkets and grocery stores will be required to donate food to nonprofit or religious organizations such as food banks and pantries and soup kitchens that provide free food to the hungry. The food must be safe for consumption, but not sold by the stores because of labeling, appearance, or surplus. That means that at least some of the waste will be reduced, and that's a huge thing. So here's why it's important. And I didn't know a lot of these facts, which is uh, very interesting to me. Food insecurity affected more than 50 million Americans in 2020, an increase of 13 million since 2018. By the way, there's only 300 million Americans or so. So if 50 million of them were suffering with food insecurity, that's a lot. Much of the increase was due to job losses and the economic downturn resulting from COVID-19. In July 2020, almost one-third of New Yorkers reported not having enough food to eat, and 11% reported accessing free food from distribution sites such as food pantries and schools. Without these sites, there would likely be even more New Yorkers struggling with food insecurity. These sites rely on donations because most are nonprofit organizations with minimal budgets for purchases. To add to all of that, between 30 and 40% of all food in the United States is wasted. Eliminating food waste worldwide could feed 2 billion people, more than double the number of individuals who are currently experiencing hunger. So requiring stores to donate excess food to local distribution sites will help change that just a little bit right here in New York City, decreasing a very serious global problem in just one place. But what I'm hoping is that, you know, New York City is a leader in so many things and an example to so many other cities. So maybe we will lead the way in making other cities do the same thing. It's so crazy to think that, like, if a label is messed up on a can or something, they yeah. just throw it in the garbage. Right. That seems so insane. Yeah. That's, people, so, that's so much good food. Right. People don't want it, you know. They don't want it because the package is messed up and they assume, oh, the food is bad inside, oh you know. Oh, my gosh. And so they just toss it away. You should put another label on it and be like, hey, the food is good in here. The, the food <laughs> is fine. I don't yeah. Know. I know. Uh, or, like, reduce the price by 15% or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But that's not what they do. And I also worked at a pet store and we fed a lot of like human food like carrots and yogurt and stuff like uh -huh. that to the, to the animals. And a lot of that would just go in the trash at, in massive amounts. There's so many places uh, where so food crazy. and restaurants. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where just all of that goes out the window. Yeah. Into the dumpster. So, I don't know. I think that it's so important that we figure out Because there is so many ways. people that need food. Yeah. Yeah. An God. insane amount of people. 50 million people in America out of 300 million. Well, everybody, that's our good news for today. But now we're going to take a little break. Okay, we're back. Now, before we continue, Craitlin, let me say this. If you enjoy your time with us today, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We love reviews, and we got a couple of them recently, so we're extremely excited about them. In fact, we're so excited that we're going to read some of our favorite reviews right here on the show at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned for that, and if you haven't already... Submit a review. Damn it. We want to hear from you. But excuse our language. Excuse our language. Yeah. But having said that, my children, now it is time for our interview. And Caitlin, I'm a hardworking lady. I brought this. Yes, you did. Yeah. I have this neighbor, Dan, who is a safari guy. He works with the Bronx Zoo and he's always out on safari in East Africa And he told me about this organization that was run by women. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is a perfect thing for our podcast. Does he know that you have a woman podcast? No, we were just talking about it. So I was just like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. We're going to get in touch with her. And she got back to us right away. So I'm really excited to talk about what she does because what she does not only supports women... It supports the environment and all of the beautiful creatures of African wildlife. So this is a very pro-environment episode we're having, right? Today. Pro-environment yeah. and pro-people at the same time. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. Sophia Lee. That's right. We learn. See, we learn things. From yeah, guests. we yeah. learn. Yeah. So here we go. Let's dive in. So. Everybody, Sophie Agostino is CEO of Matriarch Hill Safari in Tanzania an organization that allows travelers to discover wildlife, culture, and fun with a locally owned company that takes cues from the oldest and wisest female, the matriarch elephant. The organization not only offers top-notch adventures, but works to preserve the wildness of Africa and empower the women who protect and serve this magical place. It has programs that allow you to experience the breathtaking beauty of the country, meet local women and make a difference in their lives through Give a Heart to Africa, and build friendship, camaraderie, and confidence with some of the first women guides in Africa. So, Sophie, I want to say thank you for being on the podcast and welcome. Thank you. I'm honored to be part of your program. Of course. Now, where are you right now? Right now, I'm in Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Specifically in Kilimanjaro, mm-hmm. close Mount Kilimanjaro, the highest mountain in in Africa. So welcome. Thank you. I looking through the material about Matriarch Hill Safari. I really believe that I have to go on an expedition with you at some point because everything that I saw was so breathtakingly beautiful. Indeed, you need to experience this majestic place. It's not only about the beauty of the country, but the people 
who are giving this beauty to the clients. What's the difference between a classic expedition and a regular expedition? Because one is more expensive, but it seems like they're both on the, the same amount of nights out on safari. All right. So the classic and the regular trip expedition, the difference is kind of the accommodation we offer. When yeah. we go with the classic, you got like your private room, which has mm. bathroom inside. You got like the setting of sofas around you. But when you go with the regular one is a basic camping. Like yeah. you overnight in the, inside the, uh, the tent. Yeah. So, but both are kind of great in their own way, I think. Oh, yeah. Yes, because everyone, every client has their own way of experiencing the nature. Like others, they want to go for camping. Others, they want to go like something more than camping. So when our clients came in, we were like, hey, which kind of experience do you really want? We got camping. We got like luxurious way. We got the middle one, which is classic. So according to our clients, we plan the trip how they want it to be. I wanted to ask you really quick before we begin, we just went through a terrible pandemic and so many people were unable to travel. And I wonder, how was it for Matriarch Hill Safari as you were trying to survive during this time? Uh, honestly, things was hard for everyone as we, we, we depend in, uh, on travelers like tourists and everything was shut down because of the pandemic. So as for now, people are trying to travel again. So we are getting a bit of inquiries for like the high season, like which is starting in July mm. and for next year. But really in 2020, things was really bad and hard. So with my crew, we, we sit and discuss what we can do while we are waiting for travel to come back. And we start producing like handmade product made okay. out of Maasai blankets and African fabric. That was the way we survive. Right. I know that you, as part of your program, also provide arts and crafts and other creations from local artists and creators. So you just increased that during your time in COVID? Yes. So all of our clients, like, we are small company, like locally owned and small company. So most of the time I spend my time with my clients. We become friends. They come as a client, they live as a friend. So during the COVID, I say, guys, look, everything is hard down here. And this is what I'm doing right now to keep my life going on. And other women, we are creating uh, like apron, table runners, pillowcases. And then they supported us like buying our own handmade product from Matriarch. And we try to distribute whatever we get. So people can go to matriarchhillsafari.com if they want to support you by buying those products. Yeah, they can send me an email uh, through matriarchhillsafari.com. And also they can look on our social network. Now, now that everything is opening up and people are looking for adventure again, what's changing? What are you looking forward to most right now? To most right now, we are welcoming clients to visit Tanzania. Most of the time, most of the people had a vaccine 
And actually my country is waiting to welcome the clients. So we have all the precautions down here about being against COVID. Like we really apply all of the procedures uh, at the airport, in our lodges. And yeah, we are looking forward to welcome the clients to experience the nature because nature is the medicine. I wonder why is July the high season? So in Tanzania, we have two seasons. Not apart from tourism, we have rainy season and dry season. And during the rainy season, the option while you are doing game drive is really limited because all of our national park is not paved, so it's mud. And it's just not comfortable to go everywhere we want to go. And in Ju- from July is dry season in Tanzania. So you can drive wherever you want. You can go far to experience the landscape, the wildlife. That's why we, from July is a high season. But again, let's say if you look in our five days, classic safari, the Serengeti, we all heard about Serengeti, about the great migration. This time of the year is time where wildebeest are crossing the Mara River. It's beautiful to experience this amazing, breathtaking um, movement of, of animals. So that's why we say July is the best time from July to October. I swear, next year, in July, <laughs> we're going to come and see you. <laughs> because it's so... You, what, what you do is so amazing. Now, I love talking about Matriarch, but I want to ask you a little bit about yourself. Um, can you tell me where you grew up and what you were like growing up? Wow. <laughs> really, that's it's a beautiful question to ask you to know me more than our Matriarch. So I grew up in a humble family, a village called Manyara. It's eight hours drive from Moshi, and we are seven. So I have five siblings, and I got my two parents. It was a humble beginning because I grown up in a society where uh, a girl doesn't deserve education and a man, but my mom fighted so hard for me to get my education. And I saw how hard she was fighting for me to, to, to have education. Not like really, it's a humble, it's not the best, best way, but she struggled the best. And yeah, I had my father was um he was there, but my mom, she she was a strong woman. I can say is the Sophie that I see today, the Sophie that overcome all of this uh, obstacles, even if I'm educated. I got my education very good education from the best college in Africa. And still, I find obstacles from some men. But imagine my mom, she was not educated, but she fighted for me to have my education because, you know why? My mom, she got chances to study the university, but her father said no to her because she's a woman. She's just a girl. And my mom wanted to have a girl that she can study in order. That's a bit of myself. And... The reason, the power, the energy I got from my mother, yes. Now, you would go on to support other women in empowering them like your mother empowered you. When did you first realize 
you had a deep interest in wildlife. This started first, I was in primary school. We had a class trip to Gorongoro. It was my first time to see a Tanzanian can guide uh, clients through wildlife. And I was like shocked. I asked a lot of questions. And that time is the time I got interest. But it was too hard. It was it was full of darkness for me to study. I grown up in a very small village, no exposure. So it was hard. But luckily in 2014, I started studying wildlife college. And it was life-changing college. And I'm living my dream. Like, this is what I love and I cannot ask the better job than what I have, like meeting new people every day, changing the ideas about life, about whatever going on in the world and witnessing the beauty of nature and wildlife, really. It's a beautiful job. It's a wonderful career I have. You joined the College of African Wildlife Management and I wanted to know that, what do you learn there? What are, what are the things that you study there in order to prepare for what you do now? Right. The college itself, it's set up in wildlife protection. In the college, they offer two courses, which is wildlife management and wildlife tourism. So you can choose. You want to base in wildlife protection, like being a, a park ranger or the national park. Or you can be to be a safari guide to be a marketing personnel, to be uh, a business owner in the tourism industry. So I know my character. My character is meeting new people, experiencing your life through story. And that made me to choose tourism. And from there, I started learning about wildlife itself, about national park, behavior of wildlife, plus the community around them and creating packages, the tourism laws. And that is why I end up having matriarchal safari. So you began your career in wildlife tourism about seven years ago now, and you were offering day trips to volunteer groups that were visiting the Moshi and Arusha area. Can you tell me about what it was like when you were first starting out? My first job, my really first job after I left my village was a waitress. So Mm. I worked in the hotel industry. I got the customer care through hotel management uh, experience. And then when I was studying my um, college, it was not easy to find international travelers because I didn't have any connection. And what else can I do? I start offering these day trips to volunteers who are in Tanzania. It was a bit hard to find them, but I wrote the posters around and people started calling me, hey, Sophia, I want to go to the waterfall. Can you get me? And I was a student, so I need to balance my time between what I can do to school and in my personal life of guiding. It went well. It really went well, and it gave me the exposure mm-hmm. to organize the multiple trips. And that guided me to more of five days safari, two days, 15 days until today. Okay, Sophie, we're going to continue with your story in just a minute. 
But first, we're going to take a little break. Okay, now we're back. So, Sophie, <laughs> in 2017, you founded Matriarch Hill Safari. Can you tell me about how the idea came about and what you wanted to do? Honestly speaking, the idea, um, it was, you know, when I was studying, my dream was, oh, I will be employed to be to the big companies. I studied from the best college. I can get a job and it would be easy. And after my college was all of the, the thought I had was unrealistic because I didn't have job. Not because I was not good, but because I'm a woman, I cannot be a guide. Of course, I guided a few day trips before, but no one really witnessed that. I got like from the city and few NGOs that knows me and two companies didn't. So I was, uh, what can I do? What, what next? And I just realized and say, Sophie, look, I have overcome a lot. I can do this. Focus on matriarch. And that is how it became the reality. I didn't have a job and I had one chance it was not what I dreamed because other guides were like not appreciating me to be part of the team and to right. show my to show who I am. Like I don't want to live a fake life of like, oh, you know what? I just need to be behind the cockpit and you guys can do whatever you want. No, I want men to hear my voice, to hear what I have to be part of the team, to make decisions as a team, to, but it was not happening. And I said, Sophie, look, you can create this business. You are not only going to help yourself and your family, but other women. And in Tanzania now, I am quite a good example of young girl who are empowering other women through tourism. And I really touched different life of young girls who are studying and who are not educated because through guiding, I employ people who are educated and through hand product items, I employ women who have no education. So I say, Sophie, you can be, you can be part of this, like helping different people. And again, I going to Kilimanjaro, Mount Kilimanjaro, all of my porters are really uneducated. They didn't have chances to study for any reason in life, but I'm giving them the chance. So it's really portray of my mom empowered me and now I'm empowering other, other people. And that is the reason in life. How does it feel because you employ only women on safari tours how does it feel to work with a team of women versus with a team of men it is it's a new thing in in the travel industry really we have a lot of women who are studying tourism but not living their dream because they study and stay in the office being a reservation or being our supplier manager, something like that. And now I'm telling them, no, you can do this. You can be a guide. I am guiding. And you, look, I can do this. You can do it. So the big part is to, 
empower is something else, but to inspire them, like you can do this, let's do it. And it's, it's a living example. So to, to have that time and to give the energy to them and, you know, to like, yeah, for men, it's their job, it's their career, they feel off. It's what we have, it's us, it's ours. So for women, it's a bit of like, oh, where can I sleep? How can I be in a group of men? Um, how it look like to, to lead a man, uh, to lead men's or to make decisions. But I am young. I tell them, you look, look, it's possible. I am living it. I'm doing it. Come on, yeah. let's do this. So that's, it has been a bit challenge, but not too much because I love what I'm doing. If I don't love it, it could be like, oh my goodness, this is like too much. But I love what I'm doing and I'm enjoying my career. That is what makes me happier and positive all the time. When I meet them, we talk, we change ideas and I don't see like, oh, it's a new thing. It's hard, it takes a lot of my energy. And no, I really enjoy giving them positive energy and changing their minds like we can do this let's go yeah it yeah. sounds like you're able to work much more as a team when you are a group of women you can exchange ideas and make decisions together instead of being put on the sidelines as you were when you were working with men yeah now i think i read that something like a fifth of all wildlife in Africa lives around Tanzania. And I wonder how does Matriarch Hill Safari work to preserve Tanzania's wildlife? Number one, we, uh, we believe that the people are the one who destroy the wildlife. So Matriarch Hill Safari is working with a local NGO that deals with young ones, like a primary school kids about protection of wildlife. They are living close to national park and we are telling them the importance of wildlife because if it started with them, we are creating the better future. And again, we don't, if we come with a normal life, we don't go against the laws that government put and really wildlife is our heart. So we really care about them and we don't do things like, oh, the government doesn't see, I, I go behind and all that, no. Can you talk more about your connection to arts and crafts a little bit? You, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you work with women who are artisans and creators and help connect them with travelers. And how did that begin? So it began in 2000. Uh, 14 when I, for, I I met one woman she's uh, from LA and she was working with Give Her to Africa and Give Her to Africa they are supporting women who for some reason they're single mamas and they don't have education so they're teaching them how to start a small business when I meet this woman, she talked to me about this NGO and 
I read more about them and they gave me again, their volunteers in the first beginning to guide them through the day trips. Yes. So when I have my business, I thought it is a beautiful idea to connect the small NGOs to my clients, spending their money to buy gifts for their loved ones. Because these women, they work heartily to create this beautiful uh, gift. And I thought it is great connection for my travelers to see these small NGOs, women who are motivated and to share their time and their money with them. You also work with the Network Against Female Genital Mutilation. And I was wondering, how did that begin for you as well? So with Nafgam, I found Nafgam via a mutual friend. And I was interested because everything really I do, it is relevant to my life. And Nafgam, they have a group of young girls who, who for who stopped going maybe to school because of early child marriage or they under, they have undergo mutilation and they're giving them education. And me, I have no difference with them. I the, My difference is I got chances and I studied. And today I am who I am, proud of my life, knowing my values. And I believe in education. And these people are taking these girls who uh, from a village like my village, <laughs> they go. Mm-hmm. They're taking them to education, like to study from primary school to high school to university. And I believe one girl with education she can change her community because I got education and I am changing the life of my siblings, the life of my neighbors, and the life of Tanzanian women. So I believe in Afghan. To support these girls with education is changing the community. That's why I say, Sophie, you can do this. Connect your clients to this NGO because apart from bringing girls to education, they are educating women who are undergoing, who are practicing the female genital mutilation, who are cutting the girls. And they empower these women because they did some interview like, why are you doing this? Of course, it's, they say taboos. But if you dig it more, people are doing it because they're getting money. They're getting paid. So this NGO say, okay, now we can empower these women by creating the handmade products like bracelets, handbags, soap. And when they sell this thing, they give them the money and they can run their life to stop FGM. So I really love it. It touched me and as how and why am I I'm supporting Nafgim. I I wonder you've been doing this for some years now. And I wonder if you have an expedition that you went on that is one of your favorite memories. Just an expedition that really made you feel like, wow, I am doing the right thing and I love what I'm doing. So um, since from the beginning, I said one of, to know the character, it took a while 
but I know my character, meeting new people, sharing the life st- uh, history and all this is what makes me happy. My career, it is life-changing because I went to one of the village near Serengeti. Um, These young girls, wow, they don't have a role model. And seeing me with a tourist, it made them cry. It made them be part of my life. And I just want to do this more and more. And sh- like, not only in my small cycle, I want like, really going to the remote area and to show them, oh, you see, I'm a girl and I can be a tour guide. And raising the voice because young girls, they don't have a role model. They don't see their life, it's darkness, especially in the remote areas. So when I went to this village close to Serengeti National Park, it just made me like, Sophie, you can do it. And it bigger. I love that you have found a way to bring all of the things that make you passionate into one organization. So you love wildlife, you believe in empowering women, you believe in empowering yourself, and you found a way to take all of your values and your dreams and roll them up into one thing. And I think that's so important for our listeners to hear, especially our young women listeners, because I think oftentimes we're told that you have to make a choice. You have to pick one thing that you're passionate about and focus on that and you let everything else fall to the wayside. You make a sacrifice. But there are ways to create a career that includes everything that you love. And I think, Sophie, you've done that. Indeed, yes. Indeed, yes. It's a career that makes me believe in why am I living. I'm living a life for the purpose. I'm living a life I enjoy. I'm living a career that I'm living. So it's beautiful, like a career that has everything. Wait, I was going to ask this earlier, but I forgot. Can you tell me about the matriarch elephant and why... (laughs) He is an inspiration to you. Wow. The matriarch elephant, it is an inspiration for me. One reason. The matriarch is the oldest elephant that lead the group of elephant, like the head of elephant, where to eat, where to go, and where to find maybe water or this danger. And now I come to my society that even in a nature, this is happening. I'm a woman, I can lead, I can guide you, I can make a right decision. Yeah. Period. That is why it's a matriarch, the biggest elephant. And I'm not the matriarch, they call me the Manyara matriarch, the Manyara temple, like elephant is a temple in Tanzania, like in Swahili. I have to tell you, I'm so excited to be able to see a herd of elephants in real life at some point. And I really hope that we... I hope that my producer, Caitlin, and I are able to come and visit at some point because we love wildlife, we love animals, and we passionately believe that empowering women is one of the most important commitments that you can make in the world today. So we we just think that matriarch is is 
right it's it's like in the center of our hearts so what i want to know now is what's the next big step for matriarch hill safari what are your big dreams for the future what things do you want to do next okay next matriarch hill safari we wanna grow big but not only sophie i wanna grow big in terms of increasing number of the tourists as if I have clients, I'm touching so many life of people. Not only me, so I'm working so hard. There are so many, so much people who are looking at me to bring business in and then they can survive supporting their children, going to school and providing for them. So the big step for Matriac is increasing the number of tourists. Then we can grow big, uh, having our own camps, Instead of Serengeti and employing other women, like I really want to have like this camp that I have only women, the matriarch head and wow, giving the experience. So if you're listening to this and you're interested in these amazing expeditions and values, then just go to matriarchhillsafari.com to find out more. And if you don't think you're interested still go to matriarchhillsafari.com because once you have a look over everything that they do, you will definitely be inspired to go. And I encourage all of our listeners to have a look at the website and learn more about what Sophie does. So Sophie, thank you so much for joining us today. This was really a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much, Ms. Kreka. It was Hona and thank you for having me in your platform. Okay, great, Lynn. That was our interview for today. And I think that that has been one of our happiest guests that we've ever had. I think so, too. And nobody heard this. But as soon as you stop recording, she was like, okay, now I have some questions for you. (laughs) And then basically asked you all about uh, drag and what being a drag queen is like. It was just great. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She's like, you know, you ask me questions. I have a few questions of my own. (laughs) So yeah, it was really wonderful. And I'm going to reveal a, a deep secret that I've been hiding for a long time that I have this dream of going to Antarctica. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. And performing at McMurdo Station. Um, but now I have a dream of going on one of the classic safaris with yeah. Matriarch Hill Safari because I think we would, I'd make sure that there was a sofa for you, Caitlin. (laughs) We'd have a really good time. We would have a great time and we love animals. I'd be so happy. And we could feel good too, because we would be supporting wildlife preservation and we would be supporting local women and women everywhere. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. Because feminism. That's right. Feminist elephants. (laughs) Okay. Enough about that. It's time for me to say this again. If you liked your time with us today, Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We love reviews. In fact, we love them so much, we're going to read some of our favorite reviews right here at the end of the show. Kraitlin, I don't think I've said your name correctly once today. I nope. Think. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Caitlin, do you have a favorite review this week? Yes, I do, because you guys have been leaving reviews again. Um, this one is so much yes. Despite enjoying this pod from the beginning, I haven't taken time to review. Is it because the show is so seamless, like a conversation among amazing, high-achieving friends? 
Well, today, while still lifted up from a good discussion, I want to take the time to recommend this great show with particular interest for artists and other creatives. I love that. Yeah, Yeah, we love that so much. Seamless conversation. I know. And you feel like you're leaving lunch with your girlies. Right, yeah. Like, just just a conversation amongst friends. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you so much for that review. And if you're listening, you could have your review on here too. Just leave one on the podcast app or DM it to us on Instagram Mm -hmm. and we will surely read it here on the show. But Caitlin, it's time for your favorite part. It's time. It's time for my favorite part of the show, the credits. Everyone, this podcast was produced by Caitlin Gretham, and then I did it. The cast includes me and also Caitlin, and it is distributed by the amazing Studio 71. So thank you for joining us today. Make sure to tune in next Monday for another exciting episode. And remember... If you ever feel down, all you have to do is look in the mirror and say, She's a woman! And I'll be with you. Caitlin, we made it through. I that know, we did. Even and though we're, like, tired and I have a head cold and... I haven't had any coffee yet. It's... I know. It's time. It's time. I've been yawning. I know. The whole Throughout the whole morning. Let's get it. Let's get our coffee. <laughs>